Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special pre-recorded episode of Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we talk about, we dare to talk about things like Game of Thrones, Song of Ice Fire, Winds of Winter, Star Wars, Star Trek, Batman, Superman, what have you. I am uh, Dan Selke, editor of WinnersComing.net. And who do we have with us today? This is Mia Johnson, entertainment editor over on Fansighted.com. Hey, man. <laughs> and we are pre-recording this episode today because I believe Mia it is your birthday. Happy it birthday. Is. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm, me and the family, we're going to go on a little getaway up to Wisconsin. Nothing fancy. I was like, I need to, to get out of the city. And so we're going to do that later this afternoon, probably like right around the time we normally would have been filming. That's beautiful. <laughs> cool. Birthday. I hope it all goes swimmingly. Thank you. <laughs> will, will there be swimming in Wisconsin? We're going to try an outdoor pool. I don't think we want to test the waters haha, <laughs> with any of the, the water parts, sure. but it's just, yes, we'll call. enjoy like, you know, hopefully a nice clean hotel and, you know, just oh. some outdoors time, basically. I <laughs> love a nice clean hotel. I really do. There's, there's nothing like just, they have everything just so for you. I know. You don't think about anything. <laughs> I, I really like hotels a lot. Okay. But today, uh, so we're going to pre-record this thing and we do have some juicy stuff to talk about. We have to discuss uh, this next bit. Usually, I I don't like to linger too much on George R. R. Martin, a song of ice and fire Game of Thrones creator, George R. R. Martin, on what he says about his writing progress, because it usually boils down to the same thing. It usually boils down to, I'm writing The Winds of Winter, but I'm not done. And (laughs) (laughs) that's basically what it all comes down to. And this is really no different, but... He did write a lot this time, so oh, I, I, I think we have to discuss it. So The Winds <laughs> of Winter, of course, is the sixth book of the Song of Fire series, the, um, of which Game of Thrones is based. It has been on the way since 2011, so we will almost be a decade since he published this book. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and, and there's a whole industry of people going like, why isn't it going faster? How is he so slow? What's distracting him? And I mean... The, the, the topic has been beaten really quite to death, where it's yeah. like, 
He was involved with the Game of Thrones show. He's getting older. I mean, his star really rose, like, since then. So suddenly he's in demand for doing other shows and writing other stuff and all these appearances. But um, this, I think, is more or less good news because for a long time, for, like, years, he was pretty much silent as the grave on The Winds of Winter, which, I don't know, you kind of take as... um, um, not a lot's getting done. Basically, and yeah. It does encourage me that he's really being open. Like this is the most open he's been in a long time. Even though it's not that much, I'm I, I've been conditioned such that I am <laughs> so happy to even get this because it tells me if he's comfortable to talk about it like this, he must be at least getting through some stuff. I I hope. <laughs> <laughs> we all hope. So a few of the things he said. Um, he talks about our current quarantine world saying that the enforced isolation has helped me write. I'm spending long hours every day on the winds of winter and making steady progress. I finished a new chapter yesterday, another one three days ago, another one the previous week, but no, this does not mean that the book will be finished tomorrow or published next week. It's going to be a huge book and I still have a long way to go. Now I'm, I don't like to hear that. Um, Cause it, it, it just sounds like what we've been given for the past I'm just going to say nine years. But um, again, I, I feel like he's confident enough to talk about it. Yeah. As, as someone who's not terribly invested in the ongoing of the winds of winter journey. Um, what do you think of like, should he just not say <laughs> anything or are, are, are these updates encouraging? Yeah. Looks like one half of me wants to say talk is cheap. And then the other half of me wants to say, well, it's good to have a progress support because even that is kind of better than radio silence, I guess. Um, I think so. But yeah, it it is almost like when it, when it draws on to nine, almost 10 years, it almost does kind of feel like a a boy who cried wolf sort of scenario where it's like, okay, we've heard this over and over and over again. I mean, Um, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, he drops a line, he says, like, back in the good old days, when I was a Storm of Swords, which is the, the book with the red wedding in it, I could, like, yeah. get through 150 pages in a month of manuscript. And now I look back and, like, how did I do that? I, I don't know how I did it back then. And I mean, like, m- perhaps it does come down to, I don't know, age or just he's a different kind of writer. There's so much you can go into. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, so, like, fans are not imagining that he is slower now than he used to be. Like, he, he, he admits it right up. Like, I used to be able to do 100 pages in a month. Now I just, it's not happening that way for whatever reason. I mean, you know, times change. People change. Um, yeah. Time wears away at the human um, animal like it beats at a mountain, wearing it down to an anthill. So it what does to all of us, right? <laughs> I guess. Top of the dome. He also said, but, but again... I like that he's he seems excited. Like he says, of late, I've been visiting with Cersei, Asha, Tyrion, Sir Barristan, and Ario Hota, all characters who are in the books. I would I would jump into Bravos next week. And he ends it with Now you will have to excuse me, Arya is calling. I think she means to kill someone. Which is cute, right? Oh yeah. just, no, it's not cute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill her. Yeah, we like Arya, so I'll stand. <laughs> Again, I I just like that he's kind of being cute and funny with it. Like, yeah. excuse me, she's going to kill somebody. Again, it tells me that he's like at least in a groove and is comfortable enough to make some jokey jokes. 
Which, yeah. He's, which what? Oh. I mean, which usually it's all silence or very severe. So, you right. know, if you're in a good mood, you make jokey jokes. If, right. if, if the book you're writing is going well, you make jokey jokes. <laughs> it's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, he's appealing to that sort of pathos. You know, he's dropping in a little character names. It's, it's kind of like one of the key to success is, keys to success is like if you want to make somebody feel good you'll use their name she's like oh that was a really good idea dan and you're like oh wow oh that is smart <laughs> so, <Love> that. <laughs> so even though he's not addressing his fans it kind of seems like just by name dropping these little people here and there he's like oh, yeah see I'm, I'm writing the book i know the characters too i like <laughs> again he, he never does just because i mean like before the show began and, he, and, and his fame like skyrocketed, he would be very open, like talking about specifics and stuff like wow. that. But, you know, like when you get into the space where you're like, like a name and you're like famous, like then every word you say is dissected, which we are like, which we're doing right now. He even made a crack like in the post. He was like, you know, it's going along nicely. It's still have a long way to go. Don't pay attention to the clickbait websites that parse my every word with some kind of sacred dogma. I'm like, I wonder who he's talking about. Yeah, who? Well, I don't know. It's me. It's us. It's us. We're doing it. Well, you know, what, if he if he reads winterscoming.net, then I see nothing wrong with that. Oh, <laughs> it, it's just interesting. That I mean, like, you know, if you're if if you're that scrutinized, I do get it. Like, it, it does get to you. Like, it, it yeah. changes a man. Yeah. You, you just can't be an anonymous fan anymore, really. Like, you are yeah. George R. R. Martin in capital letters, not just George R. Right. Yeah, it's going to hit different, like, writing something and knowing you don't have, like, one pair of eyes or two pair of eyes on your bag, but just, like, a whole millions almost probably, of, you know, fan base and people watching you. Um, I, maybe he's gotten used set over the years because it's been 10 years, but... <laughs> I uh, listen. I, it's an exercise in holding yourself accountable. That's what I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> that's nice. I like. I like that. Yeah. Accountable. Very, very well yeah. put. And finally, he said um, he talks about his original plan. He'd made again. It's kind of a jokey thing, but he'd said that he intended to turn up to this year's WorldCon in New Zealand, which, which mm. was going to happen in July. Obviously, not happening anymore because Corona. But he said, like last year. If I don't have the Winds of Winter in hand by the time I turn up to Worldcon in July in New Zealand, you have my written permission, I'm quoting, my written permission to imprison me on White Island, which is a lake, which is an island off the coast of New Zealand that has a lake of sulfuric acid on it, and then keep me there till I'm done. Obviously joking, but you know what? It was kind of a deadline to stick to. It was kind of like, I'm clearly you're joshing with us, but... yeah. At least we had like, okay, July 2020, that's what he's going to put down for himself. Now he says, I was heartbroken heartbroken when Khan Zealand was forced to go virtual due to the pandemic. I had to cancel my plans for a long term under Wellington and Paris, my minions. There's a similar in that cloud. The last thing I need right now is a long interruption that might cost me all the momentum I have built up. I can always visit Wellington next year when I hope that both COVID-19 and the winds of winter will be done. So he said kind of, july 2020 now he's saying i hope it'll be done next year um that sort of goalpost moving is very common for him um over these past nine (laughs) years of writing he's he's god awful at deadlines like again this is his own admission he said like 
he was a journalist for a while um, after he got out of college. And he's like, I couldn't do it because I did not like deadlines at all. Like, I could not get things done. <laughs> yeah. Research and expand. That's just the kind of writer he is. And um, it's really coming back with a vengeance here in his old age. So, I mean, will we get it next year? Well, will the, I hope it'll be over. I don't know, man. But um, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's honestly no telling. I think the odds are like you probably wouldn't even be able to tell at this rate. It's just so all over the place. It almost be more surprising at this point if the book was announced as done. It's going to be surreal if yeah. it happens. Like it better not happen on April first because. That would right. be <laughs> like, are you sure, George? Are you really sure? <laughs> he also said that House of the Dragon, the uh, Game of Thrones prequel series for HBO, is yeah. flying along in quarantine, which I take to mean that it's being written, because obviously they're not yeah. going to do any um, shooting right now. Yeah. All the folks are going back to work. We- we've heard of that. We got like Avatar and The Witcher and some other places that are getting back to shooting. With the times are back to shooting. Um, Last week, I think we talked about if that's a good idea or not. And, you know, I got to wonder, like, we're hearing now about, like, new spikes because people are going back to work so early. Yeah. So but that's kind of another topic. But (laughs) I felt we had to talk about this, just address the George R. R. Martin of it all. And um, if you get hope from this, if you're listening, great. If you just think this is another in a long string of... Updates that don't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's valid too. Twitter's always fun, right? Like after this, like people were like, all right, it's finally happening. Others were like, "Um, I have lost interest. I don't care. Call me when it's done or don't call me at all. And I see both perspectives. Like I'm not going to judge you, (laughs) whatever your reaction is. Is there anything that you ever waited this long for, Mia? Any kind of uh, thing you're ever looking forward to? (laughs) Oh, man. What? Well, I don't think anything has, could quite possibly yeah. get up to the levels of nine years. Nine years. It feels like there would have been something, but I really, I don't think so. This is kind of unprecedented for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it it it's definitely a unique situation, and yeah. um, we'll see how it shakes out. See I'm you next year. About that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you are um, in your outdoor pool, just like yeah. lounge about in Wisconsin and, 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 and consider the question. <laughs> All right. So do, do you want to discuss some non-Winds of Winter? I was talking about some fire topics. Oh, yes, let's. <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk superheroes for a bit. So we heard, I think the other day, that uh, the DC movies, I mean, obviously not being filmed right now because quarantine, coronavirus, yada, yada, yada. They've had a bit of a rough history, right? I mean, they yeah. came to the game a little late after Marvel had kind of already blown the lid off what this kind of shared universe thing can do. Um, the early ones got kind of rough reviews. The Man of Steel, the Batman vs. Superman, the Justice League bomb, we got the Snyder Cut, whatever. We'll see what how that's like in the new year. Um, and, you know, for, for a while, it, it looked like they had kind of rounded a corner to me. Like, they were putting out things like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, mm-hmm. Shazam. That were more yeah. like kind of um, standalone movies. And I was like, okay, this is kind of working for you. Like yeah. these, these are more entertaining. Now the new hot goss is yeah. that, right. Is that 
it seems like they're trying to get the shared universe machine back up and running because it's been reported that they are in talks with Michael Keaton, original Tim Burton 1989 Batman from way back in the day, to appear in the Flash movie with Ezra Miller and then probably appear in like other movies, kind of being like a Nick Fury type of figure who will kind of mentor and connect different yeah. strands. What do you make of this, Mia? That to me is pretty interesting. I think a lot of people were excited about that just to hear that, I guess, you know, Keaton is a favorite. He, you know, appeals to many uh, generations, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, w- it would kind of be interesting because I, I feel like people kind of hold like the Tim Burton and the uh, Joel Schum- Schumacher uh, movies kind of oh, in a, a, a special light. They might not have been the best. There are no Christopher Nolan movies, but I think it it, it kind of just hit that zeitgeist and that uh, kind of like cult favorites to where they're like, oh yeah, let's you know, let's definitely get back into this. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because it's like, yeah, he will be Batman, um, but it's it's weird because we've had all these other Batman before. So it's like, <laughs> where does he fit in with this? Because we just got done with Ben Affleck, and now we're moving on to Robert Pattinson. And now they're saying Robert Pattinson's Batman is going to be a standalone, kind of probably outside of the DCEU, kind of like the Joker. Um, right. So it's kind of like, DC, where's your head at me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess they're just like, I mean, I was like, do we do standalone stuff or should universe? Let's just do both. Let's yes. just have <laughs> Robert Pattinson standalone Batman and Michael Keaton, like from more of a shared universe thing, being yeah. a Nick Fury type figure. Um. I mean, I don't know comics super well, but uh, apparently what what they're what what they be out here saying is that he might be brought into the Flash and, and there's like there's like a, a comic story called Flashpoint where the Flash like goes to different dimensions and you know, comics love alternate realities and crap like that. Oh, yeah. Like uh what is that thing that the CW shows did the crisis oh, yeah, on Earth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he might like meet Michael Cat, Keaton Batman. Yeah. He would be older by this point. He'd be like the old crotchety Bruce Wayne and Batman Beyond or something. Right. Well, actually, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool, obviously, kind of like a Batman Beyond parallel. Uh, and we we have noted here, too, that um, in Flashpoint, which I also don't know a lot about, in this alternate reality, um, there are a couple of sirens. Yes. Is everything okay? <laughs> I will mute it now. Okay, yeah. Um, It's, um, what is it? So in this alternate reality in Flashpoint, um, Batman is actually portrayed by Thomas Wayne or takes up the name because Martha Wayne, his wife, and Bruce Wayne, his child, were the ones who were gunned down in the alley. Uh, And so I was like, I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense because even Michael Keaton is a little older. He's older than Ben Affleck. Um, and so that would kind of explain the age difference. Like, Hey, Batman, why are you so old? <laughs> <laughs> why are you so old? Yeah. I mean, I thought that they were, if, if they're going to do like flashpoint, I thought they would have both. They would have like Michael Keaton, older Batman, Bruce Wayne. And then he jumps over to this dimension and it's, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Corn from the walking dead who are Thomas yeah. and Martha Wayne. Uh, and they have that. Like, I, I think that's how that story goes. Like it's one of those, million different worlds thing and actually yeah. in that story ooh, get this in that story it's not that bruce and martha don't die bruce dies 
um, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes that version of the Joker, which is the oh, way man. that goes. Like, comics are nuts. <laughs> like, I don't know. About them. I guess. Yeah. But I, I know that they're nuts. I know that they have all these kind of alternate realities. And again, like the, the main thing that I take away from this is we don't know um, exactly how they go with it, but it, it, it does sound like they want to go big, you know, that they don't want to do a standalone thing. They want to do, multiple yeah. movies nick fury multiple dimensions super big see them all see all 40 kind of thing mm-hmm. which uh well, i didn't mean to cut you off though it's still kind of interesting because the whole idea of flashpoint is that if you're looking into an alternate reality there's still going to be characters who aren't the flash you know interacting there's wonder woman there's cyborg um Superman too. So it's like, you've got the justice league, but they're in a different capacity. Um, and I do, this was like way back in 2017, San Diego comic con where they were like, um, I think they did confirm like cyborg and uh, mm-hmm. Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot were going to come back. And now it's kind of like, well, are we still trying to do those crossover movies or, you know, what's that going to be like? So it's, it's like a soft solo movie. If that happens, you know, to be true. Um, but I would just like to see a little more honed in on just the flash and sure. Maybe a little bit of, you know, that Michael Keaton, Batman. See, I would too. And I feel like from this news at least that that's not what they want to do. Like, I, I feel like that they still want to chase that MCU dream. Like they still want to chase mm-hmm. the golden 40 movie pot. Which, I mean, like I, for a while, like I have had, I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about it. Like shared universes, I, I, I think like maybe like what works for Marvel doesn't work for everybody. And yeah. that's what they're all trying to do. But like, you can just, I mean, I, I get that if you're an executive and you look at that, you kind of almost have like no choice. Like you, you you're, you're going to chase the money. Of course mm-hmm. you are, but it just, I, I wonder if this will fail. Like their last attempt at a shared universe fit when they like try to escalate it from, Batman to Justice League in like 80 seconds and just yeah. <laughs> none of it quite worked. And mm-hmm. now they're going back to the drawing board. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's funny. I just like legitimately watched Justice League all the way through this weekend. So uh-huh. now I could finally, you know, I, well, I texted my brother. I was like, I didn't think it was that bad. He's like, are you kidding me? It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like the worst possible scenario for a movie. And I was like, yes, but I, you know, I just took it for what it was. So it's not, if I said anything scornful about it, I kind of retract that. It's not the perfect movie. Maybe it's not a good movie, but it's a, it's a watchable movie. Good. <laughs> At least for I'm, me. <laughs> I'm glad it's watchable. And we'll see how, how it goes in Cider Cut. Speaking of uh, shared universes, did you hear the rumor? And again, it is a rumor, but it's a rumor that I can believe is true because this is how they yeah. think that we've talked before about like how there are like, like 18 star Wars shows coming to Disney plus at this point, you got the Mandalorian, you got Cassie and Andrew, you got Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have rumors of an Ahsoka Tano show. You have rumors of a grand Admiral Thrawn shows, apparently a guy from star Wars. Yeah. Um, so like all these shows that they're readying, some of which are still rumors themselves, but also I, I think like the, the, the Ahsoka thing at least feels like a, a, a hit. Yeah. And okay, the latest rumor is the latest report is that <laughs> Disney is planning to kind of have all these shows run parallel to each other, so they form like one 
big story that you have to watch all the shows to fully get. Mm-hmm. The comparison they the the that the site made was they were inspired by Game of Thrones, where like you follow Daenerys for a bit over here, and you follow the Lannisters for a bit over here, and they follow John up at the wall. And their idea is we're gonna do that, but with different shows for each of like the groups. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so not really like Game of Thrones at all, huh? <laughs> yeah, just like if there was a Daenerys show and a Jon Snow show to and they all like, ran. It it more sounds like than you know Marvel kind of with the old Defender Netflix stuff, right? You've got yeah. uh, Daredevil, you got Luke Cage, and eventually they come together. But I feel like the Game of Thrones thing is kind of a stretch, <laughs> or at least the format. I'm like Game of Thrones was you know just one series, you know, not multiple <laughs> series. <laughs> one of the nice things about it. Yeah. So. I don't know. To me, it's like one of those, you know, barrier of entry sort of things where it's like, well, I'm, I'm interested in maybe Ahsoka, but I don't want to watch Thrawn or, you know, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they had it right with the Mandalorian format. And really, it was like just staying all the way back from the bigger kind of Skywalker saga as a whole. Um, also, though, it's like, well, I don't want to judge them too quickly. Um you know, for Star Wars fans, it's still something, you know, you don't have to wait around and be like, oh, when are we going to get something new? It's like, you are always, you're always going to get something new at this rate. So I don't know. I would, I would, I'm kind of curious to see how the rest of their live action, you know, TV shows pan out. Cause we've only had one so far and they did pretty well. So we'll have to see what happens next. They did well with that first one, the Mandalorian. And this, frankly, I mean, again, it's a rumor. We can underline that. Yeah. As I said, it, it, it's a rumor that I can buy because that I can just see it. I can just see the executives yeah. going, <laughs> yeah. wait, what if we have four shows running mm-hmm. like every quarter of the year and we're always churning in the money and putting out new stuff and putting out new merch? Like it just makes sense to me, which I, and I, I hate it. I hate mm. it so much. Like my favorite thing about the Mandalorian was that, you could kind of just sit down and watch it with no prior knowledge about any of this and just enjoy it. And it didn't connect to any of the rest of the universe or barely. There were a couple things. Yeah. And like there were Easter eggs there if you wanted to find them, but you didn't have to. And it was just a simple story. Well told. And now they're saying now they want to, again, like this is a shared universe curse. I do consider it that (laughs) where they don't just want to entertain. They want to build like an empire that monopolizes your time. That's a mixed metaphor, but I'm going with it. Um, (laughs) We're like, it's not enough to just have a good show run once a year. You have to have four shows running once a year. So basically one gigantic time commitment and just, it's going to get Byzantine and, annoying and complicated even if it's done well like i sort of resent the um attempt to monopolize my time and again just like with dc too they had this good thing going with these standalone movies wonder woman aquaman the flash and i'm like okay follow joker i guess even like follow that instinct go with that but no they want to get back to a nick fury type character and connections and Multiple dimensions, which I'm sure that, like, you, you, you'll, you'll get a movie in this dimension, in this dimension, in this dimension. Yeah, like, and I really mess this thing up. <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm not saying that they won't be good. I'm saying that, like, they, it's, I, I wish it were enough to just, like, be good and then move on to the next thing rather than yeah. have to have 
this sprawl that is can just be exhausting yeah. and nakedly um, almost exploitative of <laughs> my valuable time and money. Speaking of exploitative, and I kind of um, saw this when they did the Mandalorian, which I still haven't watched, the Mandalorian docu-series. Um, which I was like, wait, why do we need a whole docu-series on the making of The Mandalorian? Like like six or something episodes. I was like, that seems like a stretch. I would watch maybe eight. like, yeah, eight. I was like, I would watch like a 90 minute, you know, ish documentary. I was right. like, and then they're doing that as well for Frozen, um, where that, that's coming out this weekend. And I was like, who is this audience where, you know, Frozen is generally for kids. You know, I like mm-hmm. Frozen. But it's like a docu-series of making of that's not going to catch kids' attention. It might catch an adult's attention. But why do we still need, you know, this eight or so episode format? I don't know. They're really just trying to milk it to me. The name Frozen Soap. <laughs> it does. And bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's why I think it's good to remember that even if Disney makes things we love, they are a corporation and they want your money and time above all else. <laughs> and if that makes me a cynic, I don't care. I think that's the truth. Um, it, it's all about balancing like, you know, art and commerce and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that idea, but again, I, I have to, I have to qualify. Maybe I'll love it when it happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. I don't know. I did love it. Keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> At the least I'm looking forward to that second season. Whew, okay, this has been an intense episode, and there's no one in, 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 without the commenters I even. Just, I'm angry about Song of and Fire, I'm angry about Shared Universes. Um, is there anything you've been watching lately, Mia, that you want to chime in on? I mean, <laughs> you said Justice League, which is cool. Yeah, Justice League I just watched. Um, almost done with Community. I'm sad that oh, the yeah. final like three seasons, I'm on season five, so I'm one away, that those seasons are shorter. Um, yeah. And I just, I didn't know they had a uh, like Game of Thrones-ish episode where um, Abed is trying to avoid spoilers about this new like Game of Thrones-esque. Hmm. Uh, well, not new, this Game of Thrones television show. Uh, and uh, one of the, his friends has, is like reading the book so she can try to like tell him all the spoilers. So that one was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and then I'm watching some trash stuff too, like 90 Day Fiance, which if we're being honest, is another uh television series where or the channel either is really trying to milk it they've got 90 day fiance they get 90 day fiance before the 90 days uh 90 day fiance the other way and then it was like 90 day fiance strikes back or something like that (laughs) so they've got they've got basically 90 day fiance covered all year round so i'm kind of mildly invested in that and just some of the kooky people that they choose to be on these shows it's absolutely hilarious (laughs) <laughs> I ask, like, do you watch, like, all of it? Is it, like, do you watch On the Fiance, On the Fiance Strikes Again, On the Fiance, Back in Black, like, all Is of that it? Is that Strikes just, Again? Like, I, you, I end up just catching it, like, usually when it's on in the background, because the episodes can go on for, like, a really long time. I think sometimes, like, two hours. Um, so I'll either do that, or I'll just catch up on the clips of the best couples, kind of like um, Rose and Big Ed was a really big, God, problematic couple. I don't know if you've seen them. It's become a really big meme, this guy, <laughs> Big Ed. <laughs> you, you owe yourself a Google search. This guy is trash, right. so he's really trash. But um, <laughs> Rose is pure-hearted, and they broke up, thank oh. God, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and now they have a new couple on, um, 
I think the other way where there's this guy in Las Vegas, um, he lives with his mother. I think he's like 30 something. And he had this, um, his woman comes from another country and her name is Larissa. And they just like, they don't, you know, clash at all. He's a mama's boy and she doesn't like that. And she wants like a $3,000 Chanel purse. And he's like, I don't really have a lot of money. And it's like <laughs> the couples that they find are absolutely amazing. And I, it's so trashy and I love it. <laughs> it does sound entertaining. Um, I, 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 I have not partake, partook in part, part, whatever. I have not watched the show, but I probably should. Okay. Really, really fast. I want to move on yes. to other, like, I'm a little more relevant stuff. I mean, not this is very important. <laughs> Just like what really, really fast. What is the show? Like, what's it about? Okay, yeah, the show is about one American person, a man, guy, or girl, whatever, um, who wants, who is in love with someone from another country, and the whole premise is that they come over to America, and when they do with their visa, they have 90 days to get married, so they get that. I don't know if it's for, like, citizenship, but it is like, okay, now you can, like, for real, for real, stay in America because you're married. And, of course, because you're meeting someone online, you don't really know who they are. You might be getting catfished one way or another. Um, and so then the different premises are like, well, what if the American is in their country or, you know, what happens the happily ever after what happens after they get married. So there's so many ways to spin it. Gotcha. Okay. And I know that. Good. <laughs> yes. Now lesson I, learned. Um, I, want to talk about, I want to talk about quickly. I watched the premiere of Perry Mason on HBO, yeah. which is HBO's revival of this 70-year-old court drama show with Perry Mason, who, like, I'd heard the name before, Mm -hmm. like, this, like, kind of iconic defense attorney character um, that, like, my grandparents watched, but I I, I, I never watched it. (laughs) Interesting choice of a thing to revive, right? Like, I know that we love reboots Mm -hmm. in, in, in Hollywood, but this one seems like a reboot that I'm not sure, like, was really, really wanted. But, um... I watched the premiere and it was pretty good. I mean, um, okay. it's definitely an HBO show. You, you, you know, because in like <laughs> the first five minutes, there is like um, a bunch of cursing. There is the body of a infant. Who is, that's like kind of what like kicks off the episode. It's, it's like, it's a child murder and they got to solve it. That's like the kind of whole reason we're here. Full yeah. frontal nudity, male and female, like trip to a morgue, like just, the main guy, Perry Mason, who's played by Matthew Reese from The Americans, is very, very good. All the oh, actors, okay, yeah. of course it is, because it's HBO, and they got like John Lithgow as the lawyer he's working for. Oh, I miss him. You, you miss him, John Lithgow? <laughs> John. <laughs> he's Lord Farquaad, come on. <laughs> he's who? Oh, he was Lord Farquaad, yeah. if you're right. <laughs> I remember him from Third Rock from the Third Sun, Rock, from, yeah. which I really liked a lot, but I mean... He's great. He's always really reliable. Yeah. Or uh, The Crown. He won an Emmy for that. Um, the acting's terrific. The production values are terrific. It's set in like the 30s in Los Angeles. So, you know, they have like the hats and the coats and the cigarettes oh, and like yeah. old tiny cars and the neon and the rain slick streets. It's all very detective, like noir, you know, like uh, film noir, whatever that is. Um, it does kind of like check those HBO peak TV boxes, you know, when it said, like, you know, the nudity and the swearing and the violence. And also, like, the main character, Perry Mason, is like this, A, he's not a lawyer. He's a private investigator. Which, like, why do you go have, like, this iconic lawyer character if you don't have him? I don't know. Um, 
And he's like, he, he's like a total like Don Draper, uh, Walter White, Tony Soprano, like peak TV, tragic male hero frontman. You know, he's like good at his job, but he's tortured and he has a drinking problem and he like has bad relationships. But, he, yeah. but we're following him and he's textured and complex, which like, it's so weird how that has become kind of a cliche like in the past like 15 years of TV. Like when it first happened with like a Tony Soprano, who's like the main character is a scumbag. Like it was, this is so interesting and new. And then you had like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and all these shows that came out. And like now it's kind of a normal thing to have like these awful men in, in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that's not uh, indicative of our society or anybody takes any cues. Like you can be a good person, you know? <laughs> you could. So, I mean, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. The acting was good. The drama was good. Um, it, it, it did feel a little um, like HBO paint by numbers a bit, just mm. because at, at this point, like some of these things have become cliche, like yeah. the, 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 the tortured male hero and the, the violence and all that stuff, but it was well done. And also I got to say, it is eerily similar to Penny Dreadful City of Angels. I'm watching over on Showtime, almost mm. done. Like exact same setting, Los Angeles in the 30s. Um, exact same kind of plot. Like there's a murder and you're solving it. Like that's the main drive of the season. Yeah. Um, it even they they even both involve like the 1930s Christian revivalism movement that was going on at the time. Like there's a main <laughs> character from it. I'm like, did HBO and Showtime execs like just yeah have a lunch sometime and like have the same <laughs> yeah. idea and just try to get it out first like it's really weird how close they are and they're wow. at the same time so which one would you say you think is is pulling off better i guess penny dreadful because it has natalie dormer as a demon who's trying to destroy the world which is entertaining um, but, beat that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just the premiere so maybe i don't know i'll keep watching i'll see where it goes yeah. um but yeah kind of um I don't know, just a, uh, a a quirky choice to have in this day and age. Perry yeah. Mason, this, and any thought? Are you interested in this at all? You know, I don't know. I it the, the L.A. noir type stuff is kind of mm. out there for me in the paint. But I'm not a huge like HBO fan. Maybe because I like literally just got HBO like within the last year, so I'm still like, oh, what's all of this? <laughs> Um, I mean, they've got a good format going, so maybe if something else comes around, but I don't know if I can really invest my time in Perry Mason. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. At least I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if it gets really great or maintains yeah. its this is fine quality <laughs> as we go on. Yeah. Well, um, if you're still watching us, uh, thanks for watching. You can see us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Windscreen Facebook page. We also got the Wick Club where we give out extra articles, extra videos, prizes every month. To get into there, you buy a Wick t-shirt. I can link that in a comment or something below whatever you're watching this on. Uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off, Mia? Nope. I hope everybody has a good, good day. <laughs> and I hope you have a wonderful happy birthday all right thanks everybody we'll see you next time
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.